comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Misfortune High by Jules Rivera. Misfortune High is the story of Biscuit, a spoiled rich kid from a fancy magic school. Biscuit gets caught cheating at school and gets expelled. As punishment, he is sent to a magic school on the bad side of town. This is a story about magic fireballs, diverse characters, dragons, and finding out that not everything is all about you. The Misfortune High Kickstarter is intended to fund the first book out of five. The goal is $3,000 with rewards including commissions, original design sketches, swag, and even the chance to appear in book two. Check it out and make your pledge today. Go to kickstarter.com, search words, Misfortune High. Welcome to another exciting edition of Tales from the Attic. Hey guys, I'm Donnie Salvo, and if you're new here to these there parts of their parts on Tales from the Attic, this is what we do. I, Donnie Salvo, go up into my attic, reach into a long box of comics, grab a random comic, and then we go through it together. And it might be fun, might not be, but most, I I have fun with it, and I hope you're having fun with it, too. But before we get into our comic, what? What do you say we take care of business with Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. That's right. You could get anywhere between 35% to 75% off your monthly comics. That is insane. They do half off bundle deals for companies like DC and Marvel 50% off of new trades and hardcovers it is absolutely nuts there you love comics you want to save money so you could do what read more comics so that's why you go to dcbservice.com you could do all that there the money you'd save uh, from your 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 regular uh, non-discount establishment if you will you go there with your money you use this discount and you're like holy crap look at all the money i have saved over and and look we know what we're gonna do with it as comic fans we're gonna buy more comics that's what we're gonna do so there you go more bang for your buck definitely at dcbservice.com go to them now why i got excited go DCBService.com. Been using them for years. Never had a problem. Neither will you. Trust me. Go. Now, 
on to our comic book. Our comic book is brought to you by... Do you remember Pacific Comics? Oh, oh, This is called Somerset Homes from... And I got to find it because they put the, the year and shit in the back. Somerset Holmes, Volume 1, Number 1, September 1983. I was 10 when this came out. This thing went for a buck 50. A buck 50. I think in 1983, comics uh, might have just gone up to 65 cents. Is that, does that sound right, fellas? And... Um, that's crazy that this was a dollar fifty back then. Holy crap. Let's start. It's very cinematic. We start off with a panel and it's a pale moonlight. There's someone walking on a road in the pale moonlight. You find out it's a blonde woman walking down a road in a pale moonlight. She's wearing a skirt slit on the side. Some shoes. She's got a purse. She's walking in the pale moonlight. Headlights are coming from behind her. They're getting closer. She turns to see, and you can see the lights reflecting off her face. She covers her eyes. This car's not stopping. It's coming closer. It's coming closer. So she goes to move out of the water. Out of the water? Out of the way. I'm tongue-tied already, and it's only page two. And she goes to move out of the way. And she trips over this low-hanging fence that's on the side of the road. Her shoe falls off. I hate that. When your shoes fall off. And she starts to run. And her shoe hits the headlight. And the car clips her. And you see her bag fly up into the pale moonlight. And you see it fall on the other side of the fence. And it's rolling. And it's rolling. And stuff's falling out of it. And it stops rolling. And there's an unconscious woman next to her purse on the other side of the fence in a field. There's a mouse staring at the pale moonlight in the field. She wakes up and scares the mouse. And she gets up slowly, shakes her head. She's bleeding. Her outfits all scraped up. She climbs up to the low-hanging fence with her one shoe. And she's walking on the side of the road. And she grabs her, her shoe. And she, she takes off the one that she has on, I mean. That's what I mean. <laughs> and she throws it in the bushes. So she's bloody and barefoot, walking in the pale moonlight. She comes across a sign that says Dr. Hinkle, MD, Family Medicine. And it looks like it's one of those old-fashioned doctor's offices, you know, where the doctor would buy a big house and use the uh, larger rooms downstairs for maybe a doctor's office. So she bangs on the door, and it's all dark. She bangs some more. Still dark. Bangs thrice. And a light goes on up in the bedroom. That's what I assume it is in the bedroom upstairs. 
Then the porch light comes on. An old man opens the door, and she goes, Are you the doctor? And he says, My goodness, look at you. And he says to her, Car accident? And she goes, I'm not sure, I... And the doctor says, All right, easy now. Just take it slow. Come into the examining room, let's have a look at you. And he's grabbing her arm, and he goes, You don't seem to have any broken bones. And he says, Strip down to your underthings. That's what he said. Strip down to your underthings. And hand me that dress through the door. I'll brush the mud off of it uh, for you and make us some coffee. Don't fret, you're going to be fine. So she does what she says, what he says. And the old man, the old doctor says, you'll find an admission form on the clipboard. Just fill it out and wait. I'll be right back. So she grabs the, she's in her under drawers, under thingies. What do you say? Yeah, under things. And she grabs the admission board and it says name. She's trying to think. Her face is bruised and battered. She looks at a dress. She's thinking. She can't concentrate. So she's looking around the room. And she sees an alarm clock and tongue depressors, cotton balls. She's looking around the room again. There's the blood pressure thermometer thingy. The the air examiner thingy. And it's just degrees are on the wall. And she's looking around and she's looking at them. Looking at all the different degrees of his on the wall. He's got a lot of them. She jumps onto the scale. She, uh, she weighs herself. She's waiting and waiting. And she's been in there for 40 minutes because she looks at the clock again. Then she looks at her wrist but realizes she's not wearing a wristwatch. But there's a tan line like one was there. She sticks her head out the door and says, Dr. Hinkle? And he's sitting in front of the TV in a chair. And she says, weren't you going to look at me, doctor? And he falls over. And he's got a knife in his back. And the telephone rings and rings and she picks it up and she goes, yes. And he goes, and the voice on the other end of the phone says, did you get it? And she goes, what? Did you get it? Is he dead? How did it go? And she's like, uh, uh. And then the voice says, say, who is this? And then she slams the phone down. And the doctor gets up off the ground with a knife in his back. And she screams. And he goes, nah. Nichols! Swear to God, that's what he says. His last words are Nichols, yo. And so she picks up the phone. She dials the operator. She goes, hello, operator? And the operator goes, operator? She goes, operator, give me the police. This is an emergency. And the operator says, one moment, please. And then she says, and then the voice on the other end, he says, Elmsville Police Department, Sergeant Ross speaking. And she said, there's been a murder. A man's been killed. And he says, your name, please? And she goes, that isn't important. You've got to send someone immediately. And uh, he says, your address? And she goes, the address? I don't know. And he says, we need the address, ma'am. She goes, yeah, hang on, I'll go look. And she sees behind a curtain, shoes behind a long flowing curtain. Uh-oh. Someone there? 
possibly the man who stabbed the good doctor. And so you hear she drops the phone and she jumps out the window with her clothes in her hand. And the phone's the guy, the cop on the phone's like, Hello, lady, you still there? And so she she runs into the woods and you see a gloved hand on the side of the house outside looking at her run through the woods. And she's crossing a bridge. She's walking in the pale moonlight. There's a street tough smoking a cigarette next to his motorcycle. She turns and looks at him while she's walking in the pale moonlight. And there's a bar. She goes into the neighborhood bar, and there's a guy sitting on the ground on the on the on the ground. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe later. He's, he's sitting at the stool, and he says he's in the middle of a joke, and he says, "So I said to this guy." She may be your sister, buddy, but she looks like a pig. Ah, ha, ha. And then the bartender's like, you're too much, Eddie, Freddy, Freddy, Eddie. And she walks up to the bartender. She goes, please, is there a phone? And he goes, in back. So she's walking, barefoot. And that dude, Freddy, staring at her ass. And everybody in the bar staring at her as she's walking back there. And uh, she comes back to the bartender. She goes, I didn't mean to make an emergency call, but I haven't any money. Could you spare a dime? I Yes. Back then it was a dime to call somebody. You probably don't even know what pay phones are if you're listening to this, but there used to be a thing. And uh, the bartender goes, Lady, you look kind of messed up. Where are you from? And she goes, I, need a, I just need a dime. And uh, the bartender goes, Yeah, well, i just like to know who I'm lending my money to, toots. You know what I mean? She goes, please. And <laughs> really? It's a dime, dude. And so the the truck driver guy, Freddie, he goes, you want a dime, sweet buns? Here you go. And she takes the dime, and he grabs her boob, and he's like, but you got to earn it. <laughs> you got to earn this dime. Oh, my God. And she's like, don't. Just don't. And And he goes... When you're ready to pay that back, the name's Jukes, Freddie Jukes, and I'll be waiting. So, um, all right, where are we? So she's on the phone, right? And she says, uh, that's right, the Old Bridge Grill, Sergeant. I'm the same woman who called before. And he goes, Old Bridge Grill. She goes, please hurry. I think my life is in danger. I'm all alone, please. And she goes into this bathroom and says, women. W-I-M-M-E-N. So she goes in, and it is a shithole bathroom. And she's looking at the, herself in the mirror, and she goes, Who are you? And she washes her face, and she goes into a stall, and she locks it. And she puts her feet up on the toilet. She's crunched up on the toilet. And you hear the work boots come in. And it looks like it's that Freddy dude's feet. And he's, and he's walking, and he walks up to the stall, and she's, like, crying and flipping out, and then he walks away. And she gets off the toilet, and she creeps open the door and looks out. And she's getting ready to walk out, and then all of a sudden, someone grabs her from behind and puts a knife to her throat. And he says, okay, baby, I know what I want. Just cooperate. Oh, no, he says, okay, baby, you know what I want just cooperate that's a better line because what I said made no sense 
and and she grabs him and, and by the arm and he goes hey and then she kicks her head back and his back of his head goes into the mirror and then she does a judo flip and flips him over her head and he lands on the ground and the knife gets stuck into the ground and he's just about to grab it and his head is bleeding and she kicks it out of the way and then she kicks the stall door on his arm and then he swings at her and punches her in the face and knocks her into the toilet paper dispenser which I'm shocked this bathroom had one and then she rips it off the wall and hits him and then she ninja kicks him in the gut and puts him into the and he's and he's all out of breath and he's and she kicks him in the stall and he's he's like break your face break your goddamn and she jumps up grabs the top of the stall she swings her legs around his head and he's choking and then she puts all her weight down and slams his face into the toilet and then flushes it and he's unconscious and or dead i can't tell and uh She's like, how did I do that? And all of a sudden, the door opens up, and it's all the it's the cops and the guys from the bar, and and she's like, there she is, holy cripes, cripes! I love that from comic books. What's she done to Harvey? And then the cop comes up and he's like, police, ma'am, would you mind coming with me, please? And she sees that they're wearing the same kind of work boots, the cop and the guy that she just knocked out. So she's scared. And the cop's like, lady, wait. And she's, she runs. And she's running for the bathroom window. And they're like, stop her. And she just flings herself out of the window into a bunch of junk. And then she's running back into the woods. And remember that street tough who was enjoying a cigarette next to his motorcycle? He sees her and starts driving up to her. So she's running and running and running. And he's getting closer and closer and closer and she does like this weird ninja flip thing and grabs onto a tree branch and the motorcycle goes flying off the side of a cliff explodes and the guy dies she's on the other side and she's bleeding and barefoot in the pale moonlight and she's walking now and she's like just like that just just killed a, a street tough flipping on a branch and watching his motorcycle go and explode fall and explode into a off a cliff what the and she goes what something in my belt and she pulls out and she's like a key and then uh, and then all of a sudden there's a, a headlights in her face she looks up and it's just doing a pickup truck. And he's like, you need a ride, miss? And she goes, yes, I I do. Thank you. And he goes, I'm going all the way to Fairville. Is that okay with you? And she goes, yes, fine. And then it shows a... Uh, there's like a, a black shoes in front of Dr. Hinkle. And he looks at the ground and he goes, Dr. Hinkle. And then it says patient form and there's nothing on there and it. And it says, do you have blackout memory? And it said, yes, but then it was scribbled out. And then this guy's going through uh, Dr. Hinkle's drawers, and he comes up with an empty key ring. 
and she's holding a key inside and then it goes back to her and she's holding the key inside the guy's truck and he goes name's clinton josh clinton and he's like i got 40 acres down in fairville you got a handle miss and she goes huh oh yeah my name's uh somerset's my name somerset holmes and there's a street sign like a big billboard and it says somerset homes as in homes houses homes better living for a brighter future so she looked at she cart uh she kaiser sensei item she looked at stuff around and that's how she got her name i thought this was actually pretty cool um nice little mystery so who is Somerset Holmes? I don't know. I have to look. I actually found this at a flea market. I just found it interesting. You know, for a quarter, what the hell? You know, check it out. Um, it's a nice mystery there. You know, I, I'm sure I could find back uses of this somewhere. If not, um, we'll never know who Somerset Holmes is. But anyway, thanks for listening. And if you guys want to get in touch with me, you can email me at... Uh, Donnie Salvo at yahoo.com. I had a brain fart there. I almost couldn't remember my email address. <laughs> and that's Donnie, D O N N Y S A L V O, at yahoo.com. All right, guys, until the next time, thanks for listening. And, 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 and check out our sponsor, dcbservice.com. And, 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 and. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Misfortune High by Jules Rivera. Misfortune High is a graphic novel miniseries created by me, Jules Rivera. I'm a freelance illustrator, storyboard artist, and animator based out of Los Angeles, California. This is the story of wizards, magic fireballs, colorful characters, dragons, and desperation. The story opens on Biscuit, a spoiled rich kid from the fanciest magic school in town. Biscuit is a cheater and a liar, and it doesn't take long for him to get expelled. As punishment, his father sends him to a magic school on the bad side of town. In his new environment, he meets a whole new set of people, including Star, the telepath, Warren, the shield specialist, Sonia, the illusionist, and Johnny Cuervo, the shapeshifter. Ultimately, Biscuit's mission becomes to get out of this insane situation as soon as possible by any means necessary. And we mean any means necessary. <whistles> the intention of this Kickstarter is to fund a full offset print run of the first book. The book is currently completed at 36 pages of content. It just needs to go to print. Rewards will include original design sketches, exclusive art prints, and even commissions if you'd like to work with me as an artist on your own project. If you help me meet my goal, I can add more to increase the quality of the book including an expanded character section, UV coating on the cover, and even an upgrade to a hardcover book. <laughs>
Any funding beyond that will go towards the production of the second book out of five. None of this will be possible without you, the comics reading public. Working together, we can bring this story to print. Thank you for your time and your support. Find out more about Jules Rivera's Misfortune High at kickstarter.com. Search words Misfortune High.